Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Podlight, a podcast produced by San Jose Spotlight. I'm co-host Nick Preciado and editor at San Jose Spotlight. A recent court ruling has dismissed legal challenges against a San Jose policy that requires city gun owners to obtain liability insurance and pay an annual fee for owning a firearm. Shortly after city officials approved the policy in January 2022, the National Association for Gun Rights and Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association filed separate lawsuits that later consolidated. Now with the suit dismissed, at least one plaintiff is considering appealing the decision. And while the judge found the city's insurance requirement to not violate the Second Amendment, she also left the door open for plaintiffs to file an amended complaint for the fee collection. Gun rights groups and advocates say San Jose's requirements violate their Second Amendment rights, and a spokesperson for the National Association for Gun Rights told our reporter the recent court ruling was, quote, judicial gaslighting at its finest, unquote. Regardless of the court's ruling, will San Jose's policy actually prevent or reduce gun violence? Local politicians pushed for the policy in the wake of the VTA mass shooting in 2021, but it's unclear how an insurance requirement and annual fee for city gun owners would have prevented that tragedy. Is San Jose's gun harm reduction ordinance just a feel-good measure that won't actually work? Joining me to talk more about this is Margaret Petros, Executive Director of Mothers Against Murder. The Bay Area nonprofit organization supports victims of violent crimes with a concentration in helping families of murder victims, including fatal shootings. Margaret has worked with the group for 14 years and previously spent 23 years advocating for crime victims at the Santa Clara County Victim Witness Assistance Center. Welcome to the show, Margaret. Thank you, Nick. It's a pleasure for me uh, to represent my agency, Mothers Against Murder, on this topic. Happy to have you here. I should note before we begin that I tried to get opponents of the gun policies on the show, including representatives from the National Association for Gun Rights and Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association, that either did not respond or declined to come on the show due to the possibility of an appeal. So, Margaret, let's get into it. Uh, where does Mothers Against Murder stand in regards to San Jose's gun harm reduction ordinance? Do you think that this policy is enough, and will it be effective? First, I want to start by saying uh, Mam's position is um, always uh, very supportive of any sensible ideas that will um, strengthen first a victim's rights and then really prevent gun Violence. We have a serious problem with gun violence that have gone on far too long. Any time we hear about um, the government doing something about it, we're um, thankful, excited. But um, I am afraid uh, this ordinance has some um, issues with it for us, and um, we we believe it's not as effective as um, other measures that could be taken much quicker than um, this uncertain um, measure. When I looked into it um, deeply, um, it, it really, it's, it's not um, something that we're excited about. Oh, well, let's, let's get into that a little bit because I did have some, you know, specific things I wanted to touch on here. Proponents of these requirements have been clear to differentiate uh, gun harm from gun violence. They say gun harm is more something uh, related to like suicide with guns, for example, whereas gun violence is like a mass shooting. So, you know, I think there have been some concerns around this liability insurance, for example. Uh, it's only required for situations such as accidental misfirings. So, you know, I, I'm just curious if, if you think that this could have prevented, uh, you know, like the VTA mass shooting in 2021 or even like the Gilroy Garlic Festival shooting in 2019. I, I really don't see um, as a whole how this might help prevent gun violence when it seems very specific about what the liability will cover. 
exactly and um, the, the the those residents who are registered and own guns tend to be responsible individuals that um, you know will probably follow the law and do whatever is necessary but it puts a burden on lawful citizens that um, really um, are, are not the ones who are causing this violence. This liability insurance, as is um, in the past years, we've been hearing about insurance companies getting out of covering um, homes in California. It was on the news this morning that for the first time that we've heard uh, an insurance company is canceling a policy because the house is too old. Now imagine a law-abiding citizen having to tell their insurance company they have a gun at home, they've never had problems. What are the chances of that insurance policy? So, and there is so much more. This was not well thought out ordinance. Uh, and again, it will be tied up in litigation for so many years. So many resources wasted on it, and I, I just don't see how this will prevent the illegal guns that are out there that we really need to pay attention to, should have been paying attention to long time ago. And all the other issues that as a society, if we had solved years ago, or even now sitting down and really getting to the bottom of the cause of the gun violence. Why do we have so many illegal guns out there? How are they getting in the hands of um, some vicious criminals? Uh, statistics about um, really uh, who's committing it. Are, are we tracking those? Um, I recently read uh, the 2022 report by the Attorney General about um, those who uh, legally own guns but are prohibited from having them because there was either you know, a restraining order, criminal conviction, uh, or other probation violations. And um, some um, the, the system just doesn't work as well. Uh, I am, you know, uh, I, as a victim advocate, thankful to the Attorney General for doing a really great job in documenting that in our report. Um, I do have faith in our Attorney General, who's done really well as an Assemblyman, and um, I hope that uh, Attorney General Rob Bonta would do more, would really get into fixing the real problems. But San Jose's ordinance has um, issues that um, I just can't see how it will be resolved anytime soon. And again, burdening law-abiding citizens, as well as there is a, a serious question about uh, the Constitution. Are they really infringing on a right? Um, I, as an immigrant, value and love the United States Constitution. I take it seriously. I want my rights protected. Um, I come from a country that, um, as a child, Civil rights were non-existent, especially for minorities. And um, also with my work over the decades and how the, the systems really create a lot of problems.
we need to be talking about that and fixing those problems, not really at this point forcing lawful residents to have to do something that um, it's not going to work. What's $25? That's, it's going to cost a lot more than $25 to track those permits. Uh, so it's beyond me, to be honest with you. Sure. And that's even if residents uh, end up following through with this insurance. I, I was just reading uh, per reporting by the Mercury News, no one has been caught violating this insurance aspect yet. Uh, it seems to be, I don't think that they're actively checking for this. Uh, and the city has no idea with how many people have actually complied with getting this insurance. Does that make you worried that this might not be effective? It does. And I worried um, as soon as I dipped into it. And actually, we were approached um, early on as to as a nonprofit that may uh, be a possibility to manage this. And um, that's when I looked deeply into it and um, respectfully declined. You're talking about the annual fees, right? Right. There, the city needs to find a nonprofit that will um, yeah collect the fees track it but that is so much work and the liabilities that come with it that um, we would not take on such a task yeah it seems to be a challenge i know that the city's been looking for a nonprofit to uh handle you know uh overseeing this annual fee and how the money's going to be spent for a while now now that we're on the topic of annual fees it still could be challenged in court uh the judge left a slight window open uh, as a possibility that an amended complaint could be filed against the fees. But if the fees were to be uh, moved forward, uh, they're supposed to fund programs. Let me see here. They're supposed to fund programs for uh, suicide prevention, mental health and addiction services, as well as firearm safety training and victim compensation. Uh, I believe the city estimates it could generate about a million a year. Uh, but as we mentioned, I mean, they're still looking for a nonprofit to even oversee this portion of the policy. I'd like to know, though, Margaret, if and when those funds are collected, how do you think they'd be best spent in the community? Again, I believe the root cause of the problems are things like housing, uh, mental health issues, serious uh, people who are dangerous to themselves and others out on the streets. The issue of um, some criminals who are not held accountable, uh, continue going back uh, into the system, continue committing crimes, and we just let them out. Those are all um, issues that we can spend this money on. But again, going back, it's a million dollars. What could a million dollars do? How many staff you need? Uh, I would estimate about one hour for every permit to be kept in the system, to be tracked. And someone needs to be really fast to do that. $25 a year will um, generate funds to uh, help um, those who need help. How? It doesn't make any sense. This, the, the money that will be generated will not be enough to even cover the cost involved with this permit. Seriously, let's think about it. You know, the, the amount of um, money that you have to pay staff, the rent, the everything else. It makes no sense. I don't know how they came up with like a million dollars, this big thing that's going to help with everything. Plus, 
I mean, state victim compensation is available for crime victims. Again, if we go back, if the system works well and uh, is uh, victims are really helped correctly, we'd be um, bringing a lot of victim compensation to uh, Santa Clara County and specifically San Jose. Uh, I wanted to get your opinion on this as well. Police officers, both active and retired, are exempt from the city's ordinance, uh, as well as some low-income residents. What are your thoughts on uh, those exemptions? If we are going to uh, infringe on a constitutional right, everyone needs to be treated equal. I don't see why uh, there are these categories. First, uh, police officers. We know for a fact uh, violence happens with police officers. We know domestic violence happens. I don't want to say it happens a lot, but it does happen. Police officers do abuse their powers um, on their family. It happens. They're human, just like everyone else, every other profession. Why, even if they're retired, they're not in the category that they will be tracked. And, um, yeah, low income then, really, that's where mental health issues can happen more because they don't have the resources to seek treatment on their own. So I am afraid that the city is opening this door where even if this, you know, if I'm, I'm wrong about everything I'm saying and this will do good uh, for uh, preventing uh, violence, and we leave this category of um, low-income individuals out, where they can own guns and crimes happen. Again, this makes no sense. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hello, Josh Bruce here, co-founder of San Jose Spotlight. Did you know that San Jose Spotlight is Silicon Valley's only nonprofit news organization? That's right. Our impact journalism is funded by generous readers like you. And this year, we have plans to expand our reporting to other cities in Santa Clara County. If you find value in our reporting, consider becoming a sustaining member today with a monthly or annual recurring donation by visiting our website, sanjosespotlight.com. Thank you. As you walk around the neighborhood, you may have noticed that yards have evolved with less grass and more native plants. How is your yard looking? Are you ready to replace your water-thirsty lawn and create a modern and beautiful water-efficient landscape? If you live in Santa Clara County, Valley Waters rebates can help you pay to upgrade. Visit watersavings.org today to evolve your yard. Now, it's possible the ruling could be appealed. Uh, I know gun rights organizations and advocates still view this as infringing on their constitutional rights granted by the Second Amendment. Uh, what do you think of that view and the possibility that these rules could be challenged further? I know that you mentioned that it, it sounds like you're expecting this to still be tied up in the courts for some time. I believe so. I'd be shocked if um, gun rights advocates will not challenge this all the way to the United States Supreme Court. There is an obsession with guns in America, and that's another thing we really need to be talking about and uh, figuring out why, compared to other countries, why there is this love for guns and um, 
children. And again, I want to emphasize about constitutional rights. I respect it. I love it. I admire people who will fight for their constitutional rights. But when it comes to owning guns, the pro-guns advocate are not even willing to come to the table to talk. They're um, really uh, always attacking. Um, I know from years of even reading um, articles about victims, any time somebody says, you know, if it was gun-related, they're attacked when we really should be coming all together to find solutions for this and not immediately, you know, it's uh, my right and um, it, it, no one's going to touch it. Let's talk about it. Let's really figure out, be part of the solution. And, um, you know, there, again, there is a lot we can do together to put a stop to this gun violence. There is a serious problem that's not going to go away. Well, let's let's talk about that briefly, Margaret. Just just as our last question, what does Mothers Against Murder uh, view as the solutions to the gun violence epidemic that we're dealing with, not just locally but across the country? You know, I, I mentioned uh, really helping victims that will not be further traumatized and commit um, it, it, holding the criminals accounting accountable. I think really having statistics, uh, having educated information. Uh, making systemic changes, uh, spending our pressure resources on education, on mental health treatments, on housing so people can live um, a decent life. How could we have so much homelessness in Santa Clara County? All this is adding up to uh, serious mental health issues where uh, they People are ending up with uh, drug addictions. We need treatment programs. We can really help solve the gun violence by early education. Um, at really, in schools, at really young age, bringing victim impact uh, statements to those who are accused Bringing actually the inmates, those who are uh, in prisons, to help us fix these, some of these problems. And I know, you know, this is nothing new, but it's not done as much as it should be done. Um, I went to a state prison with 150 inmates, gave a presentation some 25 years ago. And as I walked in, I was afraid to be near them. I stayed more toward the guards. By lunchtime, I was sitting in the middle, and they had cooked lunch for us. And I'll never forget a young man who shared two minutes mistake in his life um, ruined him. Uh, he used a gun, and he, he that group of 150 inmates were trying to help people on the outside. We need more of those programs, uh, but still holding them accountable. We cannot let dangerous people out to commit more crimes and uh, 
the impact is like it's devastating on everyone, not just victims' families, but also on offenders' families and friends and the community. So uh, these are all solutions that are doable. They're not going to tie us in court forever. Uh, we need more education. We need to stop uh, the the violent videos that our children are um, getting exposed to. This is how the brain of a young child works. So all these things can help. I think many people know this. It's just the government needs to do it. I've been speaking with Margaret Petros, Executive Director of Mothers Against Murder. Margaret, thank you so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thank you, Nick. That's it for this episode of The Podlight, a podcast produced by San Jose Spotlight. I'm editor Nick Preciado. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.